Awesome. I'm so glad that someone else gets to list off all of those things that need to be talked about. I feel like I talked too much already, so thank you, Monica. I appreciate it. Uh, I look forward to continuously seeing the church continue to grow. Uh, I look forward to seeing the women get together. We had a good turnout for the men's group when they met. Uh, I look forward to uh, the coming weeks as our children's uh, classes are starting to open back up and things like that. Um, I'm just excited about all of it. But let's go to prayer and let's jump into a message, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Uh, Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for servants like uh, Monica and Andre, Lord, as they open their hearts to uh, do whatever it is uh, you would like them to do. Lord, as she said, you don't need us. That's never been the point of Scripture. It's you wanted us. You want us. And you want us to want you and to be a part of your life. Well, Lord God, as we get ready to dive into this message, Lord, and learn more about you and how to become more like you, Lord, we just ask that you continue to open our hearts and open our minds to receive your word. Lord God, thank you so much for all your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm excited about today's message. It was last week we started a whole brand new series called Relabeled. We talked about those who us, of us who are in Christ are no longer our old selves. We've been given the grace of God. He's changed who we are. We are born again. We are not what the world labels us, but what He labels us, and that He says we are a child of God. We, through the blood of Christ, have become children of God. I am praying for today's message because as we go from the fact of being a child of God, now what? Can we just say, all right, we're all children of God, we're all saved, we can go do what we want? No, we actually have to look like Jesus as well. We can't just throw that part aside. We have to be more and more like him. We have to remove the labels, move forward with his grace, and then we need to act like him. That's super easy, right? It's super easy to just go, yeah, I'm going to be like Jesus today. It doesn't happen that way. There are days where you wake up just obviously on the wrong side of the bed. There's days where you walk into work and that's the last place you want to be. You haven't had your morning coffee yet. Someone says something, then boom, you bit their head off and you didn't even realize you did it. That doesn't look anything like Jesus. Or maybe you're holding on to a grudge that you've been holding on to for years and years and years. That doesn't look like Jesus at all. God calls us into forgiveness, to forgiving others. How many of you in here have ever had someone hurt you in some way, whether it be little or big? Everybody's been hurt by someone because we're all people. We're all sinners. We've all messed up. It could have been as small as a misunderstanding. Lack of communication can oftentimes upset someone because they didn't hear it right or they were told wrong, something happened, and it was just a small misunderstanding. But then there's bigger instances such as betrayal. We've been betrayed. Many of us have been betrayed. We've gone through something from someone and it hurt. It hurt us bad. And we hold on to it. Because we're wounded. And every time we think back, that wound just kind of opens back up. It just spreads itself back open. It never fully comes to a healing. We usually respond different as humans. 
Each and every one of us have a different reactionary scale that we like to use. Some of us, it's through anger. We're really good at raising our voice and yelling, or some people, it's cussing and using words. They just can't help themselves. It just comes out. Anger. Maybe some people just quiet down, don't say anything. They go and lock themselves in the room, and now they end up in a depression. They're depressed. They don't want anything to do with anyone. That's just where they are. Or maybe it's someone, is, instead of a depression, it's the opposite side. It's anxiety because they don't want to deal with that person. They don't want to take care of it. It's, they want the healing from it, but they're not willing to take care of it. How many of you have ever been hurt? You're going through the middle of something and you walk in a room and then those fake smiles just light up your face. Everybody thinks, man, I wish I had their life. They're so happy all the time. It's hard. Problem is, we tend to ignore the issues at hand. We tend to just let them build and build and build and build. Or uh, that one thing that happened, that one person that hurt you from the one thing that it is that they did, you ignore it, but not realizing it's like a cancer inside your heart, moving around. But oftentimes, the last thing that we really do is, is the one thing that we really need to do, and that is forgive. Because when we forgive, that's where healing actually takes place. When you forgive, it's like taking a wound, scrubbing it all out, and get all the gross stuff out of there, putting all that good medicine on it, and then the healing actually starts. Healing. Forgiveness leads to healing. And once you're healed, guess what you get to do? Move on. You get to move forward to the next step in your life that's actually been waiting a long time to be released. You get to move forward now looking like Jesus. You get to move forward without the depression and the anxiety, the anger, all the buildup that's there. You get to move on. You get to move past it. He asks us to keep moving. Mark 11.25 says, And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. Your sins. That's what the NIV says, is your sins. Which we've all done. I told you guys a story a few weeks back of that guy that flipped me off as I cut out in front of him on accident going into Brookings Church and I'm getting ready to preach and there he is. He's right there. I know it's small, but I was completely unsettled. I mean, I was just... I was not a happy camper. Try to go up and preach a sermon after someone just flipped you off and the guy's standing behind you on the same stage. It's awkward. It's unsettling. I needed to forgive that guy so we could move on. So I did. Forgave him. He apologized too. He was just like, if I would have known it was you. No, it's good. He didn't say that. Because <laughs> that doesn't really, that's not, that's not saying I'm sorry. That's just, I'm sorry I got caught, right? But no, when we got past that, it, was allowed, it allowed me to not be so unsettled as I'm sitting there trying to preach the Word of God. We all make mistakes. I know the guy was probably in a hurry. He was late for you know, worship practice. They had to get there at a certain time in the morning to make sure that the band's ready to go before the sermon starts. I get it. And that was minor. That was just a little thing, and it was unsettling. What's in your life that's big? 
What is it that you've gone through? What you're going through? What you've held on since you were a child? There's always these things. And you might be going, Daniel, you have no idea what I've gone through. None. You don't know what they did to me. I don't. You're right. I couldn't tell you at all what happened to you unless you told me. But I can tell you that there are people in this room that through their age, you know, being a small child up into the high schools, and maybe even a little earlier or later, there are people that gossiped about somebody that led someone to lose their job, be looked down upon in school and made fun of and bullied over something what someone else said, and you've never forgiven them because of that. Ruined your childhood. It's horrible. We've all been there. Maybe it's even really bad. You know a close family member that was killed by a drunk driver. Whether it be a brother, a sister, a mom, dad, a child. Horrific actions. Maybe you have a spouse that's cheated on you for years and years and years and you never knew it. You felt so betrayed. You were lied to. Maybe your own parents lied to you for years making you believe something that wasn't true. I can't tell you how many children grow up and they only know either their mom or their dad and they think their mom or their dad is dead because of a disagreement between mom and dad. They kept the child from the other parent. It's brutal. How do you forgive something like that? Maybe your, your dad walked out on you and your mom. Abandon you. Your, both parents dropped you off at the foster home. That happens. Someone you love has hurt you. Someone we know has hurt you. Some way, we don't know what, don't know how. You're right, I don't. But I can tell you, and I promise, I've been hurt. I've been lied to. I've been cheated on. I've been abused physically and both emotionally. But this isn't about me and what I've gone through. This, this whole message isn't about who hurt you. It isn't about who hurt me. So right now I want you to think about who is it? Who hurt you? Who in your life has hurt you? Was it someone at work? Did something they shouldn't have done to you? Lied to you? Made you lose your job? Or maybe even physically hurt you? Was it your mom and dad? How many have had a partner in a business deal was your best friend and then took you to the cleaners? And it was your best friend. Who is it? Who hurt you? Was it a close friend growing up? Mom, dad, husband or wife? Man, we can get bitter, right? You can get bitter towards God even. Why did you let that happen to me? You can get bitter towards yourself. Not just the person that hurt you. We get bitter all the time. So why should we forgive? Why should we forgive someone that was willing to hurt that bad? Why? Because unforgiveness hurts me more. It hurts me more than the one needing the forgiveness. It's like a cancer. 
inside my body. Hebrews 12.15 says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many come and become defiled. Do you see when you have bitterness inside of you, you think you're the only one that got hurt? When you hold on to that, guess what? Everyone around you gets it. Everyone around gets to see that bitterness from inside of you. And it does not taste good. It's not fun to be around those people. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. God says love Him and love your neighbor and everyone else. Guess what? Everyone else is your neighbor. Whether it be your spouse, your children, your neighbor, your parents, your friends, people you don't know yet, everyone is your neighbor. Love people. Keeps no record of wrongs. But bitterness does. It keeps it in great detail, doesn't it? Oh, great detail. We're going to talk more about that next week. It's like bitterness is like this underground job that no one can see at first. You've been hurt. You hold on to it. You go about your life because you've just suppressed it. You've just ignored it. And then you explode. Bitterness. You know, like I said, poor me, all of those things I told you a minute ago, I've been lied to, cheated on, uh, abused. It was a horrible way to grow up and to spend my early childhood all into my 20s and early 30s. But guess what? I need God's grace also. I need God's grace. Why? Because I've lied. I've done that. I've lied. I've neglected my own children for my own gain. I am no more innocent than anybody that's ever hurt me. I'm just as guilty. How dare any of us hold on to something someone else did that was a human being. They're not perfect, but yet we usually hold that person to a higher standard than we even hold ourselves. They shouldn't have done it. They deserve it. Really? Do they? I'm sure they have a nice long laundry list, but guess who else does? I do. We all have one. We all need His grace. Anne Lamont says this, unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison, hoping the other person will die. Interesting, huh? That's what bitterness does to people. It stores up the wrongs of everyone that's wronged you. It's like you're the one drinking the rat poisoning, looking at everybody else waiting for them to die in front of you. That's not how it works. It builds up in us. So why must we continue to forgive? Seriously, ask yourself, why? So we can move on from this. We've got to let some things go. Matthew 6, 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive men... When they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Ooh, that sounds pretty good. But verse 15 is where it gets real. But if you do not forgive men of their sins, your Father will not forgive you of yours. Cool. Wait a minute. So what about that one person that did that one thing to me and it still hurts to this day? You want me to forgive them of that? You've got to be kidding me. And he goes, I thought you wanted my grace. I thought you wanted to receive my grace. 
then why aren't you giving it? We're called to extend grace. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. There's this king. He wants to settle an account with one of his servants. His servant comes in. The servant owns the king $10,000 denarii or whatever it might be. Lots of money. We're talking 20 years wages. Tons of money for any of us. And this servant just begs, Lord, forgive me. I am so, so sorry. I don't have it. Forgive me. So the king goes, you know, I'm in the forgiven mood. And cancels his debt. Ten grand. I need to meet that king. Ten thousand dollars. And then the servant's fellow servant owed that man that owed the king ten grand a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. And he goes to him, I'm going to need that money. I need that money from you now. Oh, please forgive me. No, 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 no. I want my money. I want my hundred bucks. After he was just forgiven. That's where the story picks up in Matthew 18, 32. It says, Then the master called the servant in. He caught wind. The king found out about this. He says, you wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. That is out of Jesus' own mouth. That is in the red letters of the Bible. So you know, if you don't forgive, He will make you pay your debt. Even though He's already forgiven you of it. And He's saying you must forgive. You cannot hold on to this anymore. You want mercy from God, but we don't extend it to everyone else. Way too often, we don't give mercy. Instead, we do the opposite. It reminds me of a kid. I don't remember what it was, but it was like, show no mercy. Oh, I think it was like Karate Kid. I was. It was the end of Karate Kid. It just came to my head. Sorry. Squirrel. He said, show no mercy. That is the opposite of Jesus. If you want God's grace and you want His mercy... You better give it to others. Otherwise, I'll just put a big sign on your back that says, good luck. Hope you make it. Chances aren't very good. So how do we forgive someone who hurt us? How do I forgive someone that hurt me? It's a big question. How do we move forward? I've said this before. The first thing is you've got to pray for that person. You must pray for the person that hurt you. It's crazy. And now, don't go and sit there on your knees tonight when you're processing the person that hurt you really bad and you're really mad at them. Don't sit there and pray that they get rabies or hemorrhoids or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. We're not going there. All right? We've got to get real. You need for their heart to change for Jesus. So we need to pray 
that they find the gospel, that they too get to know the redemption that comes from the cross. we got to pray for them. The Romans worshipped revenge. That can't be us. We grew up with revenge. We grew up, everything was about revenge. All the movies, TV shows, everything we were told by people around us that were not Christians, it was okay to get yours. You were hurt, you need to go get them. Even the Jewish law said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Blood for blood. But guess what? As a Christian, blood was already given for blood. Jesus' blood was given for that grace and mercy. But yet we want someone else's blood. We want the blood of that person that hurt us. And we're going after it. That's a cancer. And that is not Jesus. And that is not who He looks like. Matthew 5, 43-44 says this, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. I love how Jesus puts this. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Action before attitude. Start praying for them. As we pray for them, what happens? Our brains and our hearts start changing towards that person. Who we are changes towards those outside that have hurt us. If you wait for your feelings to change towards that person before you start praying for them or forgiving them, you're going to wait forever. You will wait till the end of time. It's the way it works. Take action first. Start praying for them first. Maybe you should forgive first. It doesn't matter if they say sorry or not. My prayer is for others that they may change, but in the end, who's really going to change? You do. It isn't about them changing. We pray for their hearts to open for Jesus. We pray for that person to change, but when we pray for those who have hurt us, who gets the most benefit out of it? You. You change. Your heart changes. You can't change other people. You can only change you. And that's it. The second thing is, forgive as you've been forgiven. We have to forgive as we've been forgiven. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You guys... The forgiven, forgive others. Remember that. The forgiven, forgive others. We have got to lead that way. We're relabeled. We're children of God. Not just mediocre humans that were born and we don't care about God and we don't care about anyone else and if someone does us wrong, I'm doing them wrong. That is not who we are. We have, that would be before Christ labeled us with a new name. We're in Jesus now, and we've accepted His grace, which means we have to extend it. We have to extend it. I don't want any of you to have His mercy kept from you because you weren't willing to open your heart to forgive someone that hurt you. Now, I get it. It's like, 
I'm not asking you to go pet a dog that keeps biting you. Okay? I know that's weird. You're like, okay, that dog bites. I'm not going over there yet. I'll forgive you, doggy, but I'm not petting you anymore. Okay? You get where I'm going with that? I'm not saying you need to be these people's friends. I'm not saying you need to start up a conversation with them every day unless it's your spouse. Well, then you got to keep petting your, your dog. <laughs> Tell she stops biting. <laughs> I didn't have that part written down, so it just got me. Forgiveness does not mean you have to trust someone again. Trust is earned. Forgiveness is given. Forgiveness is freely given. Trust is earned. It's like that dog. It bites. That dog needs to gain your trust and you need to gain his. It takes time and effort and prayer. You guys ready to set the prisoner free? The person is not the prisoner, it's you. When you hold on to not forgiving someone, when you are the forgiven that doesn't forgive, you still are wearing the shackles, the chains. He's given you an opportunity of salvation. He's given you an opportunity to receive mercy and grace as He hung Himself to that cross. He did it for all of us, even the person that did you wrong. And yet, Way too often we become the forgiven that doesn't extend forgiveness. And darn it, we got to extend forgiveness. We have got to press forward with what Jesus has offered all of us. So what are you going to do? Are you going to forgive them? Are you going to go home and tell them off and then go tell everybody that you told them off? I won. I'm the winner. <laughs> Got him. I told him. Are you going to forgive? You've been forgiven. We follow Jesus. We have to look different from the world. Unforgiveness is one of those things that makes us blend right in. And we aren't called to blend in. We're called to look different. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's time for us to move into that new name that Jesus gave us. It's time to move into that label that we now carry as a child of God instead of old, angry Daniel or procrastinator Daniel or prideful Daniel or narcissist Daniel or all these things. We've got to move past that and wear that new label for Jesus. And how do we look more like Jesus? We extend mercy and grace just like Jesus did. It's the only way. It's not just for you. His grace is not just for you. It's for all of us. It's for everyone that's not even here today. It's for the people that are in that town right there, Seaside, Warrington, Astoria, Hammond, Cannon Beach, Portland, believe it or not. It's for all of us. And he is waiting patiently for all to come. Let us be a helper of Jesus and not a hindrance of his gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning.
Lord God, please press upon my mind and my heart to continue to forgive every day. As I'm willing to accept your mercy, Lord, help me to give it out. Lord God, I pray for everyone in this room, Lord, that their hearts are so broken right now that it would just open up and flow with mercy and grace to others. To flow with just pure love that you've given them to others. Lord God, we pray that this is the step, the next step in someone's life as we continue to see the church flourish for you. Help us to show what your mercy looks like and your grace as we go and share people the truth of your gospel and the truth of what bitterness does and the truth of what sin does in people's lives. Help us to better understand your heart, Lord, as we pray for others. Help us to better understand your love, Lord, as we extend your mercy and grace. Lord God, we thank you and we ask that this time this morning, as we prepare for communion, is pleasing to you. Lord God, I do know that your word says, do not hold anything against anyone or you don't take communion, Lord. And I pray that every person in this room lets go of whatever it is this morning. Forgive right now to whatever hurt they had and what they've been holding on to so that we can sit at your table together, Lord, with you. Lord, we lift this time up to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Our ushers are going to come around and pass out those uh, communions. And uh, just hold on to those and we'll take it together. Then sings my soul. I just get chills when I think about my soul just being free 
No more baggage, no more bitterness, no more anger, no more control over me. I gave it all to Him. And then He says, how great Thou art. You know, this morning we can call it mercy and grace. He was beaten so bad to stand in front of us. That's mercy to take it for us. Mercy. Not a one of us in here deserves His mercy. None of us. But how great Thou art that we can sit here and take this bread around His table and be grateful for His sacrifice to us. Let's say thank you. You know, there's so many movies out there that people are always searching for that holy grail. Everlasting life. And it's always been right in front of them. Everlasting life happens through the blood of Jesus. It's a forever flowing river of grace that He's poured out for every one of us. Again, no one in here deserves it. But He says, all you got to do is accept it. And then He says, extend it. So this morning, as you get ready to drink this cup that is a reminder of your forgiveness of your sin, I want you to pray for those who need his cup, and I want you to pray for those who have hurt you, and I want you to pray for those people as you forgive them so you're not holding on to anything as you receive his grace this morning. So let's do that together now. so grateful for Jesus. I'm so grateful for this church. You know, as we get ready to take our offering, I I just want to thank you all again for your irrational generosity, your extravagant giving over the last few months so that we can bless outside these walls. Now I know that all the ties that come into this building allows us to have ministry to go out into our communities, which we do every day. But to extend past that just to love our neighbor, to lift up the fire department, to lift up the Coast Pregnancy Center, I can't wait to hear more and more about each child saved, about that life-saving device that these guys are getting ready to get, save the life. How cool is that? Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to serve with you all. Let's pray over our tithes and offerings this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for giving Eva and I the opportunity to continue to serve you faithfully in our tithes. Thank you for taking off that worldview of, I'm going to hold on to mine. 
removing that so I can give to you faithfully. God, I just pray for every tithe that comes in today, Lord, that your will would be done. More people would hit that baptistry and this church would continue to grow in Classic County because of this gift. Lord God, we thank you and we pray before Gearheart Fire Department get here and Coast Pregnancy Care Center gets here that these folks hear your gospel, that they hear your love, your mercy, and your grace and they just want more. Thank you for allowing our church to bless our community. Lord, we honor all of this gift up to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to sing one last song today. Feel free to join in. This is a song we've done once time or once before. Um, but I do think it really ties in well with um, the message that Pastor Daniel gave today about changing ourselves. Um, the world's not going to change itself. Uh, we have to be the change.